Welcome to The Thought Vault, where we learn to unlock our minds to live with more purpose and bold intention. I'm your host, Emily Vermillion. Take a deep breath and let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I'm excited to dive into this topic because it's definitely one that every single person can relate to. We're going to talk about the struggle of forgiveness with those close to us. We all hear that forgiveness is healing, that we heal ourselves when we forgive others, and that it's a gift when forgiveness is offered to us. From a biblical sense, this is precisely what we are taught as Christians. We should forgive the same way Christ forgave us. Is the inability to forgive lack of faith or belief? I do believe that healing comes from forgiveness, but there is a real struggle in the midst of this action. Sometimes we can't forget. Sometimes forgiveness doesn't seem fair or warranted. The process of forgiveness can be arduous and painful or easy and light. There's a lot that is involved in forgiveness, and your faith in Christ will play a huge role in it. This is what we're going to talk about today, the mess of forgiveness. We can't predict what will happen in our lives. We don't know how relationships will play out or how life-changing events out of our control can happen. Expectations of others will almost always let us down, and in moments, we will be the one letting others down by our actions. There is nothing more stressing and difficult to navigate through than the emotions of our hearts. At times, those emotions can be completely out of control from our perspective, and that's why at times forgiveness is an incredible internal struggle. In my own family, I've witnessed a tragic story of forgiveness when my mother became estranged from one of her siblings. So without going into details, in a nutshell, there ensued a difference of opinion regarding business matters. Both felt equally wronged, and in an instant, we were estranged from my uncle and his family. I can honestly say I know love still existed between the cracks because that was still expressed as a constant on my side of the family. Reconciliation did not happen, though. The hurt and stubbornness of two people that loved each other prevailed instead. Days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months, and months turned into six years before the silence between the families was broken in the most tragic way. I heard the news from my mom when she called me on a spring evening. The call shattered me as I had never heard my mom so broken in my life. On the other end of the phone, it was a guttural, wailing, gut-wrenching sobs. The kind that you think of in nightmares. And words being expressed like Morse code while my heart beat out of my chest as I tried to decipher what had happened. I couldn't understand what she was saying. She finally slowed her breathing and whispered the words as if by whispering them made it less real. Emily help me, please. Help me. My beloved brother is dead. Your uncle is dead. Oh my God. Oh my God. More wailing, more sobs, completely uncontrollable. And there I was in shock as the news washed over me, me in my own pain with my mom, my pillar, a constant beacon of strength in my life. And she was shattered into a million pieces. And I knew why. She loved and adored her brother, but they never made up, and his sudden death sealed their fate that reconciliation was never going to be able to happen. This was two years ago in April, and the ripple effects are still felt daily. My mom, who taught me as a child and an adult, don't hold a grudge. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. 
And after me being married, her famous line, if it's not going to break you up, you need to make up. Life is too short. These were always her awesome words of wisdom. Why hold grudges when you could be happy? My mom, the ultimate forgiver, who really was never a grudge holder at all. She was the master at forgiving, honestly, and forgetting and, and just moving on. But somehow, some way, she got trapped in a snare that was against her own moral and compassionate code. She had let this situation get away from her. What I know from the personal experience of family estrangement is this. They still loved each other, but reconciliation never occurred. And because of the suddenness of my uncle's death, the chance of reconciliation was lost. I remember one day about six months after his death, my mom called me and wept. And she said, I had too much pride, Emily. And pride will make you fall. The Bible teaches us this. Pride kept me from calling him. At first, I thought she meant she was too prideful to call and make amends. But she went on to explain, I didn't have a problem to call and make amends. I had too much pride to be rejected. Her fear of not knowing where his heart was kept her from acting on her own heart. And this is where her regret falls. He needed her forgiveness too. And the thought that there couldn't be justice for both kept both away. But we aren't the jury. Christ is. We don't hand down judgments. We don't have to be the judge for others. We must trust what God expects from us and follow his example. Now I have watched as she has had to learn to live with forgiving herself, or at least trying to, and it has led me to believe that having the ability to forgive others is divine, and having the ability to forgive yourself is nothing short of a miracle. And in the case of my mother, this is still something she is working through every single day. All of us are. We talk about it often, and her daily walk with Christ is the only reprieve she has to not be consumed by the heartache of it all. There's literally not a single day that goes by that it doesn't cross my mind. Choosing to live each day with the hope and Christ that peace offers is our only reprieve. She's been able to still her mind, my mom, and remain focused with meditative prayers and making the choice each day to be present and trust that God is more than all of it. And her purpose to show up as whole as possible is stronger than the pain. Forgiving oneself can sometimes feel impossible and can be the hardest to give. Shame and guilt can destroy anyone. Forgiving ourselves is taking care of ourselves in a way that helps us for our present and for our future. But the enemy, he will make our minds turn against who we are and who we know we are in Christ. It's easy to go dark and it can be very hard to stay in the light, but that's where forgiveness takes us, back to the light back to Christ. Dr. Caroline Leaf cited in her book, Think, Learn, Succeed, that scientific research shows that forgiveness and love are good for your mind, brain, and body health. Ongoing results of the forgiveness study carried out by researchers at the University of Wisconsin found that people who develop an ability to forgive have greater control over their emotions. They are significantly less angry, upset, and hurt, and are much healthier. It's easier to move forward into a purposeful future when you have truly forgiven it. Forgiveness changes the brain. Research shows that forgiving someone increases the size of the brain's anterior superior temporal sulcus. I'm not even sure where that is or what that actually means, but it's a part of the cortex. In fact, the larger the amount of 
gray matter in this patch of cortex, the more likely we are to forgive those who have made a serious mistake by accident. The more you forgive, the more you are likely to forgive. The brain changes to accommodate a forgiveness mindset. It literally means the more you forgive, the easier it becomes. Forgiveness is incredibly good for your health. Holding a grudge affects the cardiovascular and nervous systems, for example. In a study by the Mayo Clinic, people who focus on a personal grudge had elevated blood pressure and heart rates. I can definitely (laughs) identify with that. As well as increased muscle tension and feelings of being less in control. In this study, when asked to imagine forgiving the person who had hurt them, the participants said they felt more positive and relaxed, had a greater sense of well-being. Other studies have shown that forgiveness has positive effects on our psychological health, which in turn impacts our physical health. Holding on to forgiveness can change the health of your body, which affects your entire life. There is no step-by-step process for forgiveness. As a human being who has experienced many painful situations, I know that grace and mercy do not always come easily, yet it is not important how you forgive, just as long as you do. For your own sake, as well as the sake of the people around you, it matters. Talking to a friend, a therapist, your pastor may be helpful during this process, allowing you to sort through your feelings with someone who is removed from the inner workings of it. Forgiveness does not make excuses for someone's behavior. By its nature, forgiveness acknowledges wrongdoing and at the same time, you choose to show grace and mercy. What a testament to Christ. Indeed, forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting, condoning, or excusing whatever happened. Forgiveness acknowledges the pain and then allows you to release the bitterness and the burden of it. Through Christ, we can forgive others and even ourselves. Christ gives us the ability to forgive. Think about the forgiveness he has given to us. We have been gifted forgiveness when we didn't deserve it or do anything to warrant the gift. This is the example. This is how we can forgive when it doesn't seem fair, when it's unwarranted, when shame and guilt are covering the situation. Forgiveness is given regardless. Forgiveness equals freedom. Think about that for a moment. What does that mean for you? I am not a grudge holder, but I am a fighter for justice, as I've coined it. If something seems unfair, forgiveness is very hard for me. So keeping the truth of forgiveness, that forgiveness equals freedom, has been life-changing. Forgiveness does mean freedom. With this episode, it seems fitting to work through an exercise that I learned from Professor Ronald Segal of Harvard Medical School. And it's to help handle the emotions and feelings of forgiveness and hurts. Let's give this exercise a try. It's aptly called Soften, Soothe, Allow Method. So we're going to practice this right now. I want you to get in a comfortable position. Close your eyes to help yourself focus. Start noticing your breathing to help you center your attention. This exercise is meant to help you process through hurts, anger, and pain all the emotions you may be experiencing around forgiving a transgression of yourself or of someone else in your life. As you're focusing on breathing in and out, notice the different sensations of your body. Think about something in your life that brings to surface feelings of negativity, a hurt that has been there, a pain, a a transgression that someone's had against you or you've had against yourself. Maybe this something makes you feel sadness, anger, guilt, 
hurt. Focus on that emotion and where it is in your body. Allow it. Be conscious of where it is felt within your body. Some people feel it in their stomach, like I do. Others may feel tension in your shoulders or like a heat wave starting at your head and moving towards your chest. Sometimes your chest may feel tight. Stay here for just a moment and allow that feeling. I want you to start softening the location that you're feeling that emotion the most. Think about releasing that tension, calming your breathing, as you think about that area softening in response to the emotions that you're feeling. Let the muscles soften like you're applying heat to that area. You can try think or saying out loud even, soften, soften, soften. We're not trying to make the sensation go away. We are just trying to experience them while focusing on tending to them. Like you would care for a child that got hurt. I like to repeat Matthew eleven twenty eight to help me with this. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You can say the verse, or just repeat Matthew eleven twenty eight, Matthew eleven twenty eight, as you think of the verse in your mind. Breathe in and out deeply as you focus on soothing and softening that spot on your body you feel the most when you think of the emotional hurt. As you feel softer in your response, we will work on the second step of soothing. I like to place my hand over my heart. You can do the same. Feel your heartbeat. Notice the rise and fall of your chest as you breathe. You may feel like saying out loud to yourself, this is so painful. But God, I know you know. I know, God, you will not forsake me. Forgiveness is given freely by you, Lord. Therefore, I can also forgive. Speak truth over yourself and the situation. Tell yourself the things you'd say to a loved one dealing with the same situation. Imagine talking to the person that may have hurt you before it happened when you didn't have that pain. You can lay your hand on the area of your body that you feel the most discomfort. You can put your hand on your stomach or on your chest or on your shoulders as you repeat those words. Forgiveness is given freely by you, Lord. Therefore, I can also forgive. You can think of the word soothe, soothe, soothe as you take deep breaths to feel that softening happening as you're feeling this emotion, this guttural response to a hurt. Give yourself a moment to work on mending that feeling by speaking this truth and comfort over it. As you're breathing and focusing on soothing and softening this, we're going to begin to process how to allow the, allow the feeling to be there. In this step, we don't wish for our feelings to just go away. We want to allow the discomfort to come and go as it pleases. 
as you're feeling this emotion, continually think about softening and soothing it, allowing the feeling to come and go. You can recognize that it isn't going to hurt you. It is just a passing emotion that does not have the power or strength to control you. You can even audibly say out loud, I am allowing myself to feel this right now. It is not going to hurt me. It is a passing emotion. After you've allowed yourself to feel this emotion, you can process it more. Let it go. If or when it comes again, you can practice this three-step process of soften, soothe, allow, which will help you work through a response to that hurt. And as you begin to refocus, bringing this all together, when it's, when it's time that you are feeling this pain and hurt, you can walk through the same step, soften, soothe, allow. This process really helps you shift the focus to be kind to yourself and others that are involved in this hurt and when dealing with it. And this exercise gives you the focus to change your thoughts and replace them with positive life-giving truths that will help change your mind and activate new pathways for your brain to handle hurts. God gives us minds capable of renewing and healing. Use this exercise, soften, soothe, allow, to help collect yourself when dealing with circumstances that are running rampant. And if you're like me, this can be very debilitating. When I allow these hurts to really take hold of my thoughts, I spiral into my waves of OCD and anxiousness and depression. And so for me, learning methods that help ground me really help me process out what God has to say about what I'm dealing with. And I'm a much healthier mentally person when I'm able to see from his perspective. When our minds are overwhelmed with negative, not only does our brain physically react, but your entire body does as well, leaving you physically sick from the emotions you are allowing. This exercise will help ground yourself in the word of God, his truth over your life, and the strength that he provides for you to choose to move on. Forgiveness is something we all must face in life, and the choice we make can radically change the rest of our lives. And if we aren't intentional, it can dictate the health of our bodies and our heart. It can destroy families. It can cause irreparable damage to you mentally. I've heard of cases of people that literally can't talk when a tragedy happens. They go mute for years. I just read about that yesterday. When things cause trauma to our life, we have to respond. And learning ways to react and respond is the methodology to helping you continue on this journey that God has purpose for. You don't have to shut down. You can be renewed. You can come back and be better than before. So ask yourself, how do you want to live? Sometimes forgiveness is the one thing holding us back. And isn't it wonderful that Jesus didn't hold it back from us? Think about him. Think about the example he gave to us. We are all made in his likeness. And we all are given life through him. Forgiveness is hard. Forgiveness is difficult. 
forgiveness is divine. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, share this episode. It means so much and hopefully it will help someone. Anytime you want to listen to the meditative prayers or the exercises that we do in in our episodes, you can go to boldpearls.com forward slash meditations to get the link to all of them. They're free. They're there for you to just come back to and use. And that is my hope and prayer that these tools and these insights can help help you live with more purpose and that bold intention. So until next time, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12 two. go live with bold intention. Bye for now.